Hello, everyone, and welcome to another segment of Retail Refined. I'm recording live from the Lead Innovation Summit happening in New York City, and sitting with me is Ricky jo Joshi. He is the co-founder and chief strategy officer at Satfa. Satfa, I'm sure you're aware of them, but just in case, they are the makers of luxury mattresses, bedding, and furniture, and continue to evolve that product offering. Ricky, thanks so much for sitting with me. Yeah, super happy to be here. Yeah, so um, we grabbed you off the floor. So before we start, for those who couldn't be at the summit, uh, what did you talk about on stage today? Uh, basically, our, our entrance into physical retail um, and just sort of how we've done it differently and our successes and just, uh, yeah, our learnings. Yeah, so um, we're not going to steal from the audience because this will air after the summit, but I get to talk to you first. It's like a warm-up for when you're on stage. Yeah, great So tell practice. us a little bit. Um, you're at 11 stores now. Your goal yes. is to get 15 to 18 by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. um, what have stores done for you? What's been the, what's been the value add that it's been to, uh, to the brand and to your customers' experience? You know, one thing I think is really interesting is, um, you know, we have an amazing online offering. We have great phone service, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, two thirds of customers really do want to try out product. And what hap what basically launching a physical retail location does is it allows, uh, you know, us to open our addressable market from one third to a hundred percent of customers. Um, and you know our physical retail stores you know we really uh i think we've done a great job with them they really are an extension of the website in so many ways uh, we see higher conversion rates um, in markets where we have a retail store which then kind of opens up our ability to market more in those locations so mm -hmm. we really like kind of use them as anchor points um for kind of you know off-market advertising increased advertising um and yeah just everywhere we launch a store we see you know higher performance higher efficiency and growth yeah, so when you first launched, we talked about kind of the innovative approach that you've taken, right, about differentiated product, um, but also that high level of immersion and education that happens on your site. So there's so many things that were working before you started opening stores. As you approached opening stores, what was the lens you had? What was the things that you said, okay, this is what we need to pull forward in that 3D manifestation of our experience? We really wanted the branding to be, you know, very symbiotic. So one thing we've done is we have a lot of screen technology that really echoes, you know, if there's, you know, a, a different look, a different aesthetic, a current promotion, all of that, and in a really beautiful, elegant way. Um, we really allow customers to do their own research, uh, you know, next to product, which is, you know, you go to every single uh, mattress and, you know, you can just kind of scroll through and, and see product detail the same way you can on the website. You know, the stores are beautiful um, the same way, um, you know, I think our, our, our web experience is, you know, pretty refined. And, you know, I've always kind of thought, um, you know, when you're buying a $2,000 plus product, um, you know, I, you want a certain level of experience and aesthetic. And I think we really deliver with our store locations. What I think is interesting about your store is you've had a very intentional approach to understanding there's going to be customers that have very different journeys. Some are going to have done a ton of research on the brand already. Some are going to have just walked in after going to some of your competitors, never experienced the brand. Um, but you have an, a unique approach in the way you're staffing the stores and integrating your customer service reps, integrating digital, but still keeping it tactile at the same time. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think one thing that is really important to us is high-touch customer service. That's been sort of a hallmark of the brand from the beginning. Um, I remember, you know, right out of the gate, we were 24-7 customer service. And, you know, no one was really calling it 2 in the morning, but, you know, so eventually people were calling it 2 in the morning. And we really have, you know, made... Uh, 
you know, that I think a, a major, again, a major point uh, as we transition and, and really become an omnichannel brand where you can, you know, go on the phone, you can go on the website or, you know, now go into our viewing rooms, uh, which we, you know, are, which are our stores. Um, and I think the amazing thing is the, you know, at any point, any given point, we have uh, six uh, or so customer service reps in a store. Um, who are also manning our phones, which I think is really interesting. Um, so there's always a little bit of excitement. There's always someone available to talk to, you know, a customer walking in. Um, again, really a, a casual, beautiful experience. Um, you know, the locations tend to be, uh, you know, north of 4,000 square feet for the most part, which, you know, kind of allows for comfortability. We have, you know, places to sit. Now we sell chairs, which is great. Actually, that's yeah. kind of how we got into that. We're like, you know, why not, you know, sell product that we, uh, you yeah. know, people are experiencing. So, yeah, just really kind of making, um, you know, the store kind of the same as a website. Yeah, well, I definitely want to talk about kind of like how the store how you think about the story you're signing long-term leases, knowing that your offerings are going to continue to evolve. But going back to your customer service reps, um, you know, they are at the front lines now, and online and offline by sitting in your stores. And so tell us a little bit about what does that mean for their performance, right? Because they have such a comprehensive lens about what the consumer is asking, what their pain points, the points of gratification. I think one thing is amazing. So over COVID, we saw um, that, you know, basically we uh, had a remote workforce and we kind of realized um, why not put, you know, customer service reps at every store launch instead of having one person um, sit there, have six people there and, you know, manning the phones. What I think has been kind of the most interesting thing by far is those customer service reps are our highest performing uh, reps. And I think it genuinely has something to do with the fact that they're touching and feeling the product at all times and they can authentically speak mm -hmm. uh, to the brand and if someone's calling in uh, for, you know from you know wherever Chicago and they'll say hey by the way if you want to check it out you know and it really becomes the kind of this like community experience yeah. but uh, yeah it's it's it, it they do so well it's it's amazing yeah it's definitely a differentiated approach to kind of think about how you staff the store that way and bring in that intelligence um, you did mention Chicago so the other thing I want to ask about is your approach to your location strategy too because the world's evolving so much there's this tension between urbanization suburbanization how are you approaching it as you're expanding your footprint um, what are you kind of looking for what's your filter to decipher the right location you know I, it, it is such an art and a science um, the science is you know where do we already do well I think that's a major factor uh, we use third-party tools um, like placer.ai um, to basically look at overall market size. Um, and on, then we really look at co-tenancy, which is who's around us. Um, you know, is this really going to elevate the brand? Um, you know, there are certain locations that maybe we'd actually outperform uh, in terms of uh, sales, uh, but they might not necessarily be the best brand fit. Um, and we really want to elevate the brand and, and kind of keep it at a certain level. Um, so, yeah, they all kind of factor in. Um, also, to be honest, you know, locations are constantly moving. Um, certain markets, particularly mm -hmm. over COVID, expanded significantly. Um, and we have taken a very, I think, deliberate approach towards making sure that we are in growing markets and markets that really um, we think will do well for the long term because um, we are signing, you know, 10 plus year leases. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so because on that list is Charlotte, for example, right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's a city that's really on the map these days. Yeah, you know, Charlotte, Tampa, Austin, Denver. Um, but we also, of course, have, you know, we're going to have four in the New York tri-state area pretty soon. Um, you know, we have Chicago. 
uh, San Francisco, but now we're adding Palo Alto. Mm -hmm. um, so we're, we're trying to be where where people are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's multifaceted. It's that data, but brand elevation, especially you're in early stages of what your footprint will eventually become. You know, and New York is sort of our test market in a certain way because, you know, we really will have four mm -hmm. um, in, in one kind of geographic zone. And, you know, our theory and based on everything we've known is we see like kind of a tighter radius than we would have thought, which is actually great. Um, that tells us we can expand and continue to grow. And, and actually our store in, for example, Midtown Manhattan down the corner, um, I believe might be the highest grossing um, you know, mattress retailer in the world, um, wow. which is pretty unbelievable, doing over yeah. $10 million in revenue at a 13300 square foot location, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so we're, we're excited to kind of continue this growth plan and see, see what we can do. Yeah, no, absolutely. So as you're, you're marrying a growth plan from a physical retail footprint alongside the evolution of your brand and your product offering. So how are you thinking about that as you're planning out stores, knowing kind of, you don't even know your full roadmap yet, but even for what you know today, how you're going to evolve offering um, new furniture items, et cetera. Yeah, you know, I think we're, so we're, we're looking at our growth, we're launching more physical retail and we tend to do better in markets where we have physical retail, um, which is amazing. We're more efficient. Um, we do more revenue. We're growing faster. Um, you know, we're always launching new products. So Sapa is really becoming, you know, a, a multifaceted um, mattress brand. So one thing that's differentiated between us and other, uh, a lot of other DTC mattress brands is we have in-home white glove delivery and removal, uh, which allows us to basically authentically compete uh, with our own touch uh, in every mattress category. That has now since grown to bedding um, in a very significant way. So pillows, sheets, duvets, all of that. Um, and now it's extending to furniture, which we just launched rugs where, you know, we have ottomans, bedroom chairs, and, and continue to go down that path, which is super exciting to kind of get to grow product, grow a physical footprint. And on top of that, we're doing uh, more brand awareness than ever. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we're spending on things like podcasts. Um, and I can't tell you how many times I, you know, someone will tell me that they've heard about my brand and some random podcast that I've like didn't even know we were yeah, on. Yeah yeah. 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 It's pretty great. Yeah, no, it's definitely there's definitely still an audience for podcasts. Um well, what about um the future as terms of when you you're a chief strategy officer, right? So with that you have to marry consumer trends. Uh and that's evolving faster and as faster than ever, right? And everybody's trying to keep up with that. But as you think of the future, what are the kinds of things that either keep you up at night or that you're really excited about as you think of the, the future of retail and the consumer? You know, number one, I think that, you know, obviously the last couple of years have been, you know, not uh, the easiest. Um, you know, we've grown in a down market, so we continue to grow. Um, we continue to gain market share. And, you know, I kind of genuinely feel that we're kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel yeah. on that. And, um, you know, I think that's going to be, you know, great for the brand. And I think we really did a lot of smart things um, when the market kind of went a little, uh, retracted a little bit. So um, that's one thing. I think it, in terms of overall long-term vision, I think, you know, being able to really create a omni-channel brand has served us very, very well. So again, you know, I think growth um, for any brand comes it's multifaceted you know it's not just like one thing that you need to do it's it's something that i think you get to press like a few different lovers 
Um, and I think the consumer is getting more diverse than ever. I mean, Amazon just had a record Prime Day, uh, but retail traffic is up. So people are shopping in all sorts of unique ways, and you know, we want to be there wherever they want to be. And you know, you know, there's many people who will go into um, you know a Sapa viewing room, for example, and they'll go buy online. Right. And that's amazing. You know? <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's the keeping the importance of understanding this touch point within their journey. Yeah. Right? At the end of the day, if they end up completing the purchase at home, it's still successful that you gave them this immersive touch point 100%. where they were able to answer those questions that they couldn't do otherwise and got to interact with the customer service rep who's really integrated in all the talking points of your product and... Um, yeah. I always love seeing the reviews, by the way, of people who've kind of gone at physical retail. I think that's like one of my favorite things because they're just so happy about their customer service rep and the, the overall experience. I yeah. mean, those reviews are like unbelievable. I don't think we've had a bad one. Oh, <laughs> that's great. Un- I mean, but unreal. that's part of the why you're getting out of the house. I mean, part of it is people want that sense of joy. For me, one of the most gratifying things is when I have this counterpart to talk to that you can tell is so passionate about their job, what they're helping me solve for. Um, That's the part I'm gonna remember beyond the product itself. 100%, I think it's huge. And, and one thing also, I think we, you know, we have our phone number right there on the website too. So for people, you know, we're only in 11 markets right now and can you grow, but you know, for people in Omaha or wherever, you know, they can pick up the phone, call that customer service rep and get someone super enthusiastic sort of on the phone or over chat or whatever. Yeah. Um, so we just want to be all people, people have different styles of, of purchasing. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. And you kind of have to have that flexibility because they're not thinking, I'm interacting with you on the phone or your website or your store. No, they're thinking I'm interacting with Safa. The brand, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anything you could leave us with? I know you said it's multifaceted when it comes to the brand. <laughs> um, but I think what's interesting as well, because you have the integration of your customer service reps, you have the integration of digital screens in the store, um, you, you, you seem to have a pretty... Uh, progressive way of marrying qualitative and quantitative insights, the way in which you're structuring your stores or viewing rooms. Um, what about that? Is there anything about that that you think, you know, has given you intel that you didn't expect to get? You know, from the beginning, um, we were a very nerdy company. Um, it's cool to be nerdy. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I take a lot of pride in it. And, you know, we have a data science team. I mean, we are looking at the numbers all day long in every single way. Um, I think one thing that's been really great, you know, growing this brand with kind of my team has been, you know, we let the numbers speak for themselves and tests are really fun and, you know, I'm not always right. Um, But, you know, the numbers kind of prove that out as long as the test is constructed correctly, the KPIs are working and we've really had that mindset and I think that's a kind of a a DTC mindset in general versus a legacy brand mindset, Mm -hmm. um, which is why, and, and, and you take that and you kind of have and you know the experimentation philosophy, and that also applies to launching new product and really kind of building out um, you know the aesthetic, the brand. We're not afraid to take risk, mm-hmm. um, and we're very, I think, intentional about our risk. However, right. um, but I think that's been you know why the brand has done really well over time. No, absolutely. Those are like the key elements of having you know successful innovation. You're able, you have the KPIs. You're able to listen. You're willing to fail fast. You know what those kind of guardrails are, 
and you're always having a learning mentality. So, yep, 100%. Yeah. yeah, I mean, one thing about e-commerce, it's always evolving. Just when I think, you know, I've been to, uh, you know, it's not moving, all of a sudden it moves, like, dramatically. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Or, or something else, I was talking to somebody recently, and I said, what do you watch? And I, I've learned very much to watch what's being released from my phone, like the capabilities, because that's going to reshape us, and then new expectations happen, and then you're like, okay, like the QR code is a perfect example of that. Uh, yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. I know you're gearing up to be on stage, but I'm glad we got to talk to you first. Yeah, I um, really appreciate it. Thank yeah. you so much. Everybody, again, this is Ricky Joshi. He is the co-founder and chief strategy officer of Satva. Appreciate the time. Thank you. Thanks.